Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Sports Legends of the Carolinas. I'm your host, Scott Fowler, sports columnist for the Charlotte Observer, where I've worked since 1994. And as always in this podcast, I'm traveling across the Carolinas, seeking out some of my very favorite sports legends and asking them to tell some of the stories behind their rise to iconic status. Now, for this episode of Sports Legends, we're thrilled to be back in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, sitting across from the youngest legend we've interviewed yet for this series, 23-year-old Aaron Matson. At UNC, Aaron Matson was the three-time Field Hockey National Player of the Year. Aaron Matson, back-to-back ACC Offensive Player of the Year. UNC's got it simple because they've got Aaron Matson. She concluded her playing career with a fourth, yes, a fourth national championship in November. She then graduated from UNC in December 2022. And then came something almost unprecedented. Aaron Matson was named UNC's head field hockey coach in January 2023. She succeeded Hall of Famer Karen Shelton. Aaron was 22 years old at the time of that startling plot twist. Aaron, welcome to the show. Thank you, Scott. I love that. Yes, it's definitely a twist. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So let's start with the obvious question of your age. You're coaching players that up until a few months ago were were your teammates. Mm -hmm. So how do you navigate that? Yeah, uh, it's honestly, and I I try to describe it, and I feel like people think I'm lying when I'm like, it's going great. They're like, no, where's the drama? Whereas I'm like, no, we're pretty drama free here. Um, They are just remarkable. Um, I think from the start, I've always been someone as a teammate, as a captain, as a coach now, where I'm super transparent and just upfront and honest and they know what to expect the minute they step on the field or walk in a door or anything. Um, and the first meeting we had together, it was the same thing. We need to over communicate. We need to respect these boundaries, figure out these boundaries because we're going to find them along the way. Um, and I promise to be transparent with you guys. I need that in return. Um, and every day it's the same they just, they bought in entirely. Um, they know I, I care about them more than anything and care about this program more than anything. And um, they just, they show up, they work hard, have a good attitude, and they really, really, really do respect it um, and just are really appreciative. So I'm grateful for them. 
So you think people think that's that's not the truth, what you just said? Well, I mean, people are like, we're like, someone's got to be disrespectful. Someone's got to not like it. Someone, you know, right. has got to be causing issues. And it's like, no, honestly. Right. And I guess it's because we have such that uh, such a solid foundation um, in our relationships and everything. But they want to win. I want to win. They care about me. I care about them. You know, the staff, everyone just wants everyone to succeed. So um it just works. And, you know, yeah, it hasn't been rainbows and butterflies and perfect and there will never be challenges ever, but it's just a total um, accepting, supportive atmosphere already. And we're amplifying that in the terms of the transition and everything. But whenever something comes up, it's our it's like, all right, buckle up. Let's let's do it and let's do it together. Do they call you Aaron or coach? <laughs> that was the first question uh, that I was asked. Um, and I knew exactly the player who was going to ask it. And we all laughed and it was great. Um, but they no, they call me Aaron. Um, I am all about making this as natural as possible. I say to them all the time, it's different. It's unique. Let's not make it weird. Um it would be very weird if, you know, my former roommate was calling me coach. Yeah, it yeah. just, it, it's not natural. They understand the boundaries naturally. Um, I treat them like adults. They treat me like a coach, you know, and th- yeah, that's a little nuance where I was like, you mm-hmm. feel comfortable and keep it natural. And I'm Aaron now years from now, maybe that'll change. Who knows? But right. I'm not going to be the one to force it. Mm-hmm. Because aren't, isn't at least one or two of these players actually older than you? Yes. That you'll become? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes, it's definitely unique. But again, I I was transparent at the start with, hey, I'm applying for this job. So you don't hear it through the grapevine. You're hearing it from me. I had their support. Um, so then when it was announced and everything and official, it was just hitting the ground running. And were you having to apply for the job? I can't remember the timetable mm-hmm. while you were playing or was this after, after. shortly afterwards? And, and how did you find out? And then think, oh, my gosh, this is like this would be a dream. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, and if you asked me two years ago or three years ago, I never would have thought the stars would have aligned like this. And then they did. And Coach Shelton, obviously the legend herself, um, announced her retirement and everything. Carolina Athletics would like to thank by far the best college field hockey coach of all time. Coach Karen Shelton is the winningest coach in the history of college field hockey. 745 wins over 42 seasons. And my winter break was definitely not a typical winter break of a college graduate um, because I was submitting the application, writing cover letters, going through rounds and rounds and rounds of interviews with the um, you know, hiring committee and our athletic director, everyone. So yeah, it, it was definitely let's compartmentalize this. There's a national championship at stake and a locker room full of girls who need to be taken care of and put first. And then once that job was done, it was setting my sights um, and communicating that to, to everybody to make sure, you know, I, I, this program was in good hands and um, Coach Shelton was taken care of, the team was taken care of, and just that we could, you know, continue to hopefully bring some more trophies home. You uh, certainly were an out-of-the-box player. I uh, have won three National uh, Player of the Year awards. Hines Matson rips a shot. She's got a hat trick on the afternoon. Aaron Matson and a three-goal lead. This is a very out-of-the-box hire, though. 
like when you were first starting uh, with the process, did you think, oh, this is perfect. I've got a great shot at this. Or did you think, well, this is a little bit far-fetched, but I'm going to put in the application. Yeah. Um, I, I think just who I am, I think it was a little bit of both. I know I deserved it and I just had to prove that. Um, but I knew it was an out of box hire too. I think Bubba did too. He, we, I remember our meetings and everything. He was like, you were not who I expected, but look where we are. (laughs) Um, but I guess that just, you know, it, it speaks to how much I love this place and I know the game. I can relate to these players. Um, over time, you know, I've, I've really put in work and been fortunate to build relationships with alums and, you know, the older generation of Carolina, the current student body loves us because of what the entire program was able to generate over the years. And then the younger kids look up to all of us. So, you know, there's that connection to, to a little bit of everyone. What is your personality like for people who don't know you at all? Ooh, good question. Um, I would say it's that balance of super um kind and thoughtful and empathetic and pretty rational the girls know like i'm not gonna treat someone different i'm not gonna um you know i i think a lot about things and i'm very particular with my actions and everything but then there's that side of me that comes out mainly on the field it was with a jersey on now it's with a polo maybe or a t-shirt but um definitely that like animalistic i will do whatever it takes to be the best um don't mess with me my family and that means my immediate family or this program um and i will just outwork anybody so whatever that sweet spot is <laughs> hmm, that's a nice sweet spot yeah so Tell me about growing up for Aaron Matson and your family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was um, born in Delaware, grew up in Pennsylvania. Um, my, I grew up in a sports family. My dad played baseball in college at Delaware. My mom played field hockey for two years at Yale and softball for all four. Um, my brother played competitive baseball growing up his entire life. Now he's at Harvard playing baseball there. So we just loved sports. My grandfather was so involved um, cheering on the Yankees, Giants. Nine to one. Nine runs, 13 hits, one error for Harvard. One run, three hits, two errors for Dartmouth. Sean Matson picks up his first win of the year. He is one and two. Sports was huge in our family, not just because of, you know, the exciting games and outcomes and everything and players, but because of all of the lessons that we've learned from it. And my parents have taught us through it um, and all the opportunities and stuff. But I played basketball like up until like Catholic League basketball. You know, everyone, I was point guard. Everyone's got to do it. Then I played um, softball up until fifth grade. And that's when I solely decided to focus on field hockey. Um, I remember having a conversation with my dad when I was nine. Like, I want to play in the Olympics one day, dad. And he was like, okay. Um, So, you know. field hockey. uh, You knew it, age nine. I I, I guess so. I don't know. But um, (laughs) But I remember looking up to all the girls who represented our country uh, then, too, when I was younger. Um, So, yeah, I just I fell in love with it and I was always passionate about it. And I don't I I had a great support network um, through it, which I'm very grateful for. But and academics always came first. You know, I was the typical club kid, high school kid um, doing homework in the car on the way to practice, having a good practice sleeping, drooling all over myself with mom driving home, you know, the, yeah. the typical story. Um, but, but yeah. 
and you came is field hockey is that a hotbed in pennsylvania yeah definitely it's northeast um we've seen it uh kind of sprinkle down here with the success we've had clubs and schools you know really growing engagement down here in the north carolina area um which has been awesome there's a little pocket in texas too um some out west but it's mainly an east coast sport definitely heavy in pa new jersey maryland so that's where you're recruiting now when you're mostly yeah that's where the most of the players are yeah um and so why did you come to unc as opposed to anywhere (laughs) else that's a loaded question isn't it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no the overarching thing and it's the cliche answer but it felt it just felt right it felt like home um i fell in love with the school and how much academics and athletics play a part here Um, and how much they support each other. So it's not bumping heads. You know, athletics knows academics come first and academics loves that athletics is such a big part of the university and town and everything. I think the facilities, you know, you walk in here and you get wowed no matter what program building you're walking into or strength or academic building anything. The facilities are beautiful. Campus is beautiful. I just, I I fell in love with Coach Shelton too. I fell in love with the team actually because when I was younger, um, playing us t- on us teams and everything, the, my teammates, the girls were current Carolina field hockey girls. So I had like five or six, um, Tar Heels on my us teams and everything. Cause I was always playing up in age groups. So I got to see, you know, the exact culture, the exact kind of person, the player, um, their skill set, you know, what they cared about in the game. So that probably added to it. But regardless, I just, Whenever I stepped into Chapel Hill, it's the typical story of the magic bubble and you've crossed the border and you're here. And I was actually over at Duke visiting and my parents were like, right, why not swing right by again? Chapel Hill, we're right down the road. Um, So we swung back over and that was it. That was history. I called up Coach Shelton and I was like, hey, I'm ready to commit. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back. I'm sure you run into people every day, even though you're in the field hockey bubble, Mm -hmm. who don't understand field hockey. How do you explain field hockey as a sport to, uh, I don't know, just a random person who's never seen it played? Sure. Um, We kind of say it's like a mix of lacrosse and soccer tactically. Um, It's definitely more similar to lacrosse. But um, I think since it's such an international game and Holland dominates you know, on the international scale, Argentina, Germany, England, um, they don't have the same, you know, they don't have softball. They don't have lacrosse as prominently at this level, at least. So kids are born, you know, with a hockey stick in their hands. That's just, uh, that's how it is. And here in the United States, we don't have a male counterpart. Our U.S. men's side isn't as strong, isn't as dominant and it's actually made up of a lot of international players. When you go over to Holland and Belgium and everything, the men are more prominent than the women. So there's there's that aspect to it too. We also see, you know, the once people actually understand what's going on, they fall in love with it because it's fast paced, it's exciting. There's lots of scoring. There's no standing, you know, unlike soccer, lacrosse, even there's it's constant movement. Um, and we like to play a super exciting passing, attacking team defense game, you know. So um, once people understand the calls and the kind of premise behind it, they fall in love. But it's getting over that hurdle of 
this is why this happened. This is the thought process behind things. Um, and then people are hooked. I've covered field hockey games in the Olympics. I've covered six different Olympics and, um, and men's and women's. That's the first time I think I've ever seen men play field yep. hockey in there. And it's enormous. Like, what? <laughs> They're really into it and we're super good. Um, and you mentioned one of your, at age nine, your goal to make the Olympics mm-hmm. through no fault of your own. You haven't been able to accomplish yeah. that, right? Mm-hmm. Because the women have just barely missed qualifying. Right. Yeah. We missed, yeah, by one goal. Uh, and, and this is 2020. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and I know now you're not involved in the national team. Is that mm-hmm. something that you've ruled out or is that something that might resurface for you? Yeah. I, um, it was a very prominent topic in my hiring process. I got it multiple times, you know, are you going to be okay? (laughs) Not, you know, fulfilling that with how driven you are. (laughs) Um, and my answer, you know, one, I joke with, I joke with everyone, the door is not open, but it's not closed. You know, if the Mm. stars align and there is the opportunity to, you know, compete, whatever, again, if the stars align and they have to align perfectly, we can have that discussion, but I find so much satisfaction and fulfillment and joy in what I do now. And, you know, finding that, um, on the sideline or, you know, in the huddle explaining a drill, um, or, you know, sitting in these chairs, breaking down film with a a player, you know, I just, it's the same kind of fulfillment in a different way for me. So it's not like there's a massive hole or anything, you know, and I'm not itching and regretting things. I also think I'm just, that's not how I, how I am wired, but we'll see. I mean, again, the stars have to align, but I just, this team, this program, this university deserves all of my energy and it's where I want to put it. So you have not, as we're doing this interview, uh, have not yet coached a real game, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> so what do you think your coaching persona is going to be when the actual games begin? Yeah, good question. I don't even know if my answer will be accurate, right? I guess we'll see. <laughs> That's right, um, theoretically. Right. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, we've just had practices. We've had scrimmages. Um, but August is, is going to be a different beast. Um, I'm super passionate, right? I my leadership journey has been interesting too. coming in and seeing how I acted, you know, as a freshman versus now as a fifth year senior this past December, it it's interesting to reflect on and look back and see what you learn, what you tweak, how you act differently. Um, and I think that'll be a similar story with this, right? This year might look a lot different than five years from now, but, um, yeah, I, I guess I'm competitive. I'm, um, obviously vocal about everything. I think it is important for me and I did it as a teammate, but carrying it into the the coaching role as well to really take time to understand each player and how they best respond um, to situations. I know exactly who I can yell at and be intense with and pretty cutthroat. And I know who I need to be a little bit more positive and encouraging and, um, you know, grabbing their hand and pulling them rather than shoving them and saying, go get it, you know? So I I, will see, I think it'll be fun to figure that out. And I know, again, it's another conversation I've had with the team. Um, So they're excited to figure that out too on the other side of it and see how it all works together. But yeah, I'll definitely 
I'm definitely not one to sit there and looking like this with my legs crossed yeah. on the bench and totally chill. If you know You're going to be standing up. I, I can, will be. I yeah. Feel that. Apparently yeah. I'm a squatter. I don't know. My staff laughs at me because they, oh, a squatter. they yeah, okay. yeah. You know, the coaching squad, apparently I've yeah. assumed that role, um, <laughs> but we'll see. <laughs> it's nice that you already know that players have to be treated differently, that you can't. Yeah. And, and you know, all these all, all these young women so well already. That, well, yeah, and that's the yeah. funny part, and everyone laughs about it, but I know them too well. I know exactly well. what mm. they want to do and exactly what yeah. they are doing and exactly what they're thinking. Um, so, yeah, it helps. That definitely has helped in the transition of in terms of hockey talk, but also just any, you know, meeting I have with them. I Yeah, I, I have that bond with them already. You also maintain, I think you've been fairly public on social media, you maintain a relationship with, uh, you have a boyfriend, mm-hmm. but he lives, uh, well, just describe where, yeah. where, where that's at. Yeah, so he's in minor league baseball. He's with the Dodgers organization. Um, he just got promoted to double A a couple weeks ago now. Mm-hmm. So he's in Tulsa, Oklahoma. But yeah, it's, we've, we met here. He transferred to UConn uh, my fresh, after my freshman year. And that's actually when we started dating. So we've been long distance and supporting each other like that for years. And he's wonderful. He's so supportive. And it just, it's another thing that just works. We put effort and energy into making it work, but he's great. And with his season, he's on like roughly February until October. And then he'll be here supporting me and us and everything. So it works that it's that's offset. Nice. Yeah. 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 And his name? His name's Ben Casparius. He's yeah. a pitcher. I got a thing for baseball players. My dad, my brother, my ex-boyfriend, my current boyfriend. I don't know. Apparently, I have a type. (laughs) (laughs) Baseball players. Okay. That's funny. And wasn't using your brother a pitcher as well? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, they they bond over that. Um, Ben and Sean. Sean's my brother's name. Um, And I'm super close with Ben's sister, Kate, and their family. Our families are very close. We're very lucky. Um, So, we yeah, we appreciate each other. The field hockey game, Aaron, that haunts you most from your career? Oh, wonderful question. I would have to say the Northwestern game in Iowa, um, the year we didn't win the national championship. Another Big Ten team advanced to the quarterfinals. That will do it. Northwestern takes down the three-time defending national champion, two to zero. They knocked us out first round. It was just first round. One of those. Mm. I know. Mm. I know. Not like us, right? No. Um, yeah. It. It was just one of those games. Nothing was clicking. We had. We kind of got shafted with you know location and where we were and everything, but. At the end of the day, who cares, right? Put that aside, show up and play and execute, and we didn't. Um, so it was just awful. And luckily, we only had to experience that feeling once out of five years. But um, it was it, it still haunts me, and I still replay the the plays where I should have scored, you know, or I messed up a one v one and lost the ball, and it led to something, you know. I still remember them vividly, mm-hmm. uh, probably more vividly than any any of the wins that are just blurs, you know, of happiness. But that one definitely, I think, haunts all of us. And that's who you beat in the national championship. Yeah, so that next, exactly the know. following year. So that was that was twenty twenty two. And the Carolina Tar Heels have completed the undefeated season for the sixth time, culminating. 
to their 10th unprecedented national championship. But um, the following year, yeah, this this past one, we faced them again, and it was it And was you redemption. scored the game-winning goal. I'm sure you yeah. remember that. Yeah. yeah, I do remember that one. I do with the girls, yes. Was that the favorite goal that you've ever scored? I know you've had a number of, uh, oh, of, of generational ones. That's a hard question. I know. Um, I don't know. I don't know. The one here against Michigan was nuts, too, when we, when we won the national championship here in overtime. That's it. Madsen. Aaron Madsen trying to end it. The back is. She does. UNC wins their third straight national championship and the ninth in program history. That goal was crazy. I loved the – it wasn't a goal. It was an assist to Riley Heck for, for the all-time leading scorer title but or all time leading points but it there are just there's so many and i even like i love some of the the goals others score you know too sure. just because of the celebrations and the build up and how everything's just you know i could never go out on the field and take a team 1v11 and make it work right so it's it's just fun to have a culture like that and be part of a team and a program where we've really thrived off of each other's success um and it'll be fun to see who keeps scoring now. Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, I don't know the exact perfect build for a field hockey player. Mm-hmm. Like I know in soccer, height doesn't matter at all. Mm-hmm. Like Messi's five, five or something. Yeah. You are five, four, what, yeah. five, four. Okay. So does that, is that a detriment? Was that an advantage? Or does it matter in field hockey? I know the ball's on the ground. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if it matters. Um, you look at Holland and they're six, two beautiful blondes and all towering. Um, longer wingspan so they can reach further right so it's always a thing we talk about it out on the field if you're gonna go through a drill don't just go through the motions make it game like and make sure you're you act like you're playing against a, a dutch international team player so your poles better be five inches longer because um, if you can do that you can play against anyone in america right so i don't know if it's an advantage i think speed's a huge part of our game and not necessarily running from point a to point b and being the fastest but change of speed mm-hmm. with you know knowing when to hold back and then cut mess with defenders like that but also you know uh i think what helped me a ton was the speed at which i could execute and i talk about it with the girls all the time you can execute a skill but if you can't do it at speed you're not going to do it you're not going to be in the situations to succeed and then same thing you can do anything quickly but if it sucks you're also not gonna <laughs> you're not gonna succeed Set up for Madsen. The big ball hit and a rocket of a shot. What velocity. And we are tied up at two. Aaron Madsen with the goal. Your favorite Tar Heel athlete of all time outside of field hockey. Oh, my goodness. What? <laughs> um, I I mean, Mia Hamm's the obvious answer. Up the middle, not a down by Hamm. The return up for Parlo. Leaves it off. Here's Mia Hamm. In the box. The shot. Go. I've looked up to her forever. I've, I've been fortunate enough to meet her and she is just a force. Um, you can tell she bleeds Carolina blue and, and loves this place too. And where did you meet her? Um, at Hondas or something? I no, I actually met her at the 50 years of women athletics gala here. Hmm. Um, Carolina did a, a really special event honoring title nine and 50 years of it. Um, and that room was just filled with amazing people. 
and it was a really cool event. So I met her there. I met her at a soccer game actually one time here when she was down. I forget if it was their alumni weekend or some event that they were running. Um, but Dana actually hooked me up. That was the first time I met her. And then the, the gala was the second time, but, um, she just, how can you not be a fan? She's one of those people and athletes. So yeah. And there, yeah. there's just the Carolina tie. There's definitely some parallels there. This, what you're doing now is a little bit like if Mia Hamm had suddenly replaced Anson or something <laughs> yeah. and he had retired right when she left or something, I suppose. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back. Uh, Aaron, off the air, we were talking for a second, and I found out one thing you're not good at. <laughs> Come so, on, Scott. You're going to pull it out on, and put it public? <laughs> yes. So tell us about your, your whistleblowing capability as a coach. Uh, well, yeah, no, I can't do it. Um, I try, and then it's just it's even worse if I try. So um, a couple of the girls on the team, namely one, Rame Ricardo, she actually is a certified ref. So she'll go and, and you know, make some money on the side, but she enjoys it too, refing and everything. So she actually like knows how to blow a whistle. My staff members, of course, they'll ref scrimmages or drills or whatever, and they can all do it. Um, and you know, it's one of the things like obvious, like you asked, a coach should be able to use a whistle, right? And it's like, mm, well, I need some practice. Um, so I have it and I promised them I'd learn how to do it. But again, I just, I, my voice carries, they, they respond, they responded as a, when I was a teammate and now they still respond as a coach when I yell, um, in a good way, but they, they, they know the sound of that. So luckily I can, I can use Sticking that. With the, the, yeah. The teacher For voice. Now. The For coaching now. Voice. <laughs> um, is there much NIL money in field hockey? You had some deals, yeah. right? And, and how do you navigate that? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely not as prominent, obviously, as a football, basketball. I joke with Mac all the time. Like, I am so glad I am not handling those conversations and all that's going on with, with that. But you'll see the best players, the top one or two at every school, um, or at least every top five program, you know, are benefiting and that's probably beyond just field hockey equipment, right? The best players at any program are going to get certain equipment and stuff covered. Um, I was lucky, yes, to, to benefit from it. And it's a whole monster in itself. Um, and it can be used in the way it was intended for and, and really beneficial for kids and teams and programs and everything. Or, you know, you can hear the horror stories where, the dollar signs, what the kid sees, and that's where we run into issues and it's not beneficial for anybody. So, um, again, like I mentioned before, I had a great support staff growing up. My parents, um, are very grounded, very level-headed, um, Carolina, the same, you know, so I was lucky to kind of take advantage of it, um, in the way that it was intended with, you know, those opportunities and experiences and let's, you know, Olympic sports don't make a ton of money. So let's put some of that into savings. But the backbone of it is let's build more relationships, get field hockey, you know, connected to campaigns where it never would have been connected to before that kind of stuff. And, and again, we're not, it's not like we're, you know, losing kids cause they're getting promised money to go to another university. It's, it's not that messy. Um, and I hope it never gets that way. I think we got to generate some more engagement around the sport before it does. Um, but it's definitely a factor. And we definitely have plans in place here to make sure that we can compete with that and other schools who might be offering something. 
I would imagine when you walk into a recruit's home these days that you would bond pretty immediately with a player who's not much different in age than you. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it easier with the players and with the parents to, or, or <laughs> I mean, is it, yeah. know, what's that like? No, it's funny. It, it's definitely, you know, the, the kids, the players are right off the bat. It's the parents, you know, I got to have those more. And again, I'm transparent. I, it's like, Hey, I'm not going to know the answer to every question. I'm saying that up front. I'm being honest with you, but I can promise you that I will work harder than any coach across this country to find you the answer and that you have better resources here for me to lean on and I'll be leaning on them. So, you know, it's those kinds of conversations of the elephant in the room. Let's talk about it. I get it. I'm 23, right? But you don't necessarily have to worry about it because of X, Y, and Z, you know, where the conversations with the kids are more you know, yes, I connect with them right off the bat. They're, um, they've looked up to me for years. Um, they know my, you know, leadership status, let alone what I know about the game of hockey. Also how much I love this place and how much, you know, I support Carolina and how much Carolina supports this program. So definitely a little different conversations, but Mm -hmm. haven't run into any issues at all. I think also because the parents have followed me on social media too, you know, they've followed my career. They know I'm not messing around well there's certainly a young vibe here when i walked into the um, field hockey office facility today there was another well-known uh woman originally from pennsylvania blaring from the loudspeakers that was taylor swift and taylor swift just to point it out is a decade older than you i did not know that <laughs> she's 33 yes that is so funny so uh are you a fan or was that somebody else and if not what what type of music are you into i honestly that i i'm not a swifty okay I, I, i'm really that must not have been someone else yeah. well i yeah so it's funny i like the, the whole tour obviously there's so much hype around her and i think she's brilliant i went to a concert like when i was young 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 but I was like traveling. I was in LA two days ago. I was in Virginia Beach yesterday. Lots of recruiting, Honda Award stuff, whatever. And I'm on the plane and I'm like, you know what? I might as well just listen to the album, see what all the hype's about. I haven't listened to her in years. Like, I don't know. I literally don't know recent stuff. And I was like, damn, this is really good. So I just had it on repeat. Um, but I wouldn't say like, that's honestly, this is the first time she's been on the speaker since I was hired. But everyone who's walked in has commented on it oh, today. I'm so sure, I guess yeah. I'm doing something right. Right. But right, usually, right. I mean, it what depends. What do you usually play? It depends. I'm super, yeah. I love music. The girls know it. And that there's always music playing in here. Um it depends whether I'm in the country mood and, you know, need some Luke Combs on it or if it's time for Lil Baby and Lil Wayne. And, you know, it depends on who's in the building, what lyrics I can play, right. you know, all right, that, of course, all yeah. that stuff. But it really I it depends on the day. And I, I have a playlist literally for everything. So every occasion, Luke yeah. Combs, uh, an app state person himself. Mm-hmm. Right. Another yeah. North Carolina. Yeah. Maybe he's got to get on here next. Well, last question, Aaron, and that is just sort of as you think about your long term goals here. I know you're only 23, but people ask 23 year olds (laughs) that question all the time. So the long game for you is what exactly? Yeah, Uh, I think the obvious one is is a national championship. That's our goal every year. We say our program had a good year if we make it to the final four. Right. It's not great. It's not what we want. Um, Now we only do that by the little wins and making sure, you know, the staff shows up for every practice and has it diligently planned. And, um, you know, the team works hard. We win the next game. We don't think about 
the final four, you know, in November, it's just win the next one. And then after that, let's reflect on it, learn from it. Okay, what's next? And not getting ahead of ourselves. But I mean, I, I hope I can catch Karen one day with the 10. Who knows? Um, I know she would love it. She set the bar really high, obviously. But in terms of, of more broad scale stuff, I really just care about showing up, being the best coach I can. I was given so many opportunities and experiences and memories um, and, and taught so many lessons being a student athlete here, not just from our program, even though that was a, a heavy, heavy bulk of it, but being in Chapel Hill and being at Carolina um, and being surrounded by legends. So I, I'm grateful that I'm in a position to do that and inspire kids and help them discover that greatness that's in them. And whatever that takes, you know, I will do it and I will show up and, and be the best that they that I can for them because that's what they deserve. And it was the similar mindset throughout my career. But, you know, I didn't walk into uh, to college saying, I want to win the National Player of the Year award three times, you know, right? It's just a byproduct. You just keep your head down, you do what you're supposed to, and you do it um, as best you can. And that's the same mindset I'll have here every day. And hopefully, again, those trophies are just byproducts. But um, just making sure the team's in a good spot, making sure they're prepared and, and have the best opportunities that are available. Well, this has been a wonderful conversation, Aaron. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Scott. That's Aaron Matz, and I'm Scott Fowler, and this is Sports Legends of the Carolinas. Thanks so much for listening and supporting local journalism. Find more on these interviews, including special video features, at charlotteobserver.com slash sportslegends. And pre-order the Sports Legends of the Carolinas book at sportslegendsbook.com. And if you like what we're doing out here, please consider a digital subscription to the Charlotte Observer. Sports Legends of the Carolinas is a product of the Charlotte Observer. It's hosted by me, Scott Fowler, and produced by Lume Alisali and Jeff Siner. The executive producer of the Sports Legends franchise is Kata Stevens. The sports editor of the Charlotte Observer is Lydia Craver, and our executive editor is Raina Cash. The McClatchy Audio's interns are Zoe Williams and Christina Silvestri. See you next time.